for how many know if we're going to have a breakthrough, and that's the word of the Lord for us in 2019. Um, we got it on a big billboard out by the airport. We got it on signs around the church. Breakthrough 2019. It's what God is saying. So if you're going to have one, then you need to know what it is, right? So we've been defining a breakthrough as, are you ready? As a sudden bursting forth of God's goodness, favor, and power in our life. Anybody want some of that? I mean, just a, how many of God does things suddenly? I mean, the Bible is full of folks that look like an overnight success. You might be watching this on Facebook Live. You might think, Pastor, it's been a long night. But let me tell you, God is the overnight success specialist. So just hang in there. Morning is coming. I'm thinking about Sarah. You know, for decades, she could not have a child. This is Abraham's wife. And, but when the time came, suddenly she had a baby. And I like what Abraham, he just, in spite of the circumstances, he just continued to do his part and sow seed. And even though he saw no fruit, but how many know that nothing can stop you from receiving your breakthrough when the time of your breakthrough has come? Somebody say, it's my time. They had a son named Isaac. He grew up, and as an adult, he lived in an area that experienced an extreme famine. Everybody was having crop failures. It was an agrarian society. He sowed seed in the ground, and he, even though everybody else was having crop failure, he received a 100-fold return. You say, well, how in the world did that happen? Because when it's your time for your breakthrough, nobody can stop you from reaping your harvest. Everybody say, it's my time. King Saul was persecuting David because David had been anointed the new king. And Saul abused his authority to persecute somebody. And David was on the run. Saul was persecuting him. But when your time has come, nobody can keep you from entering into your divine destiny. And when it's not your time, nobody can cause you to enter into it. Back in 2006, a wealthy church member left our church, somebody who was a generous giver, and we had maybe 125 people, and every penny counted, and it still does. We try to steward well the finances of the church, but man, this person left, and I was upset about it. And I'm the kind of person, when I, when I need to release some frustration, I do something physical, I go to the gym. So I went on a run, and I was jogging, and I say I was praying, but I was complaining to the Lord. You ever done that? <laughs> I didn't think you had, but I, I did it that day for sure. And I was complaining to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm upset. What is wrong with you? And the Lord said, nothing's wrong with me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, I'm mad. That's what's wrong because, you know, we, got, we don't have very many people in our church and somebody who's generous left, and, and, and I'm stressed out about it. And, and, and what are we going to do? And the Lord, I, mean, I don't know how you talk to the Lord, how the Lord talks to you, but, but the Lord said to me something along these lines. He said, you're, you're right, son. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I was like, you're being sarcastic with me, aren't you? <laughs> and it just set me free. It was kind of like, and the Lord said to me, he said, I, I said, well, Lord, I repent. He said, the Lord said, you've had your eyes on this person instead of on me. I said, well, Lord, I repent. Forgive me. Would you forgive me? And the Lord said, yeah, I'll forgive you. I said, well, will you send them back now? And the Lord said, nope. I'm not going to let you look to somebody else instead of me. And so I had to move my eyes from people to Jesus to be my source and you know the Lord hadn't let me down yet 
Several months ago, there was something that, I don't get stressed very often, and several months ago, there was something that was stressing me out, and I got into fear about something, and I had worried for about three or four weeks about this, and so finally I prayed about it. <laughs> Has it come to this? <laughs> I don't know what took me so long, but finally I came to the Lord, and I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I'm, this is, I know you already know, but this is, I'm in fear about this situation, and I'm worried about it. And the Lord said, Son, remind me of that one time I let you down. I said, you're doing it again, aren't you? <laughs> and you know what? Instantly, every ounce of worry, every shred of fear instantly left, and I haven't worried about that situation since. Why? Because you got to know how to have a breakthrough if you're going to have a breakthrough. And that's what I want to teach you this morning is how do you have a breakthrough? Two things. Taking notes, you want to jot these things down. How do you have a breakthrough? Number one, you got to have faith. Got to have faith. In the words of the sage George Michael, got to have faith. Thank you for those 80s chuckles out in the audience. I appreciate it. Let's look at our verse today, our passage. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 5. Two weeks ago, I preached this same passage out of Chronicles, and we're going to look at the same story out of 2 Samuel because I got some more revelation on it. 2 Samuel 5, 17. Now, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. How many of some people are never going to be for you? <laughs> Just accept it and move on. But if God is for you, it doesn't even matter who's against you. So the Philistines, they were not excited that David had become the king and they came out to attack him and so David when he heard about it he went uh, down to the stronghold I mean that's what you got to do where's your stronghold and actually his stronghold was a place of prayer we'll see that in just a second the Philistines they went up and they deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim which is the valley of giants so they had taken this sake they made a place sacred and they had built these temples to their false gods Baal and they had honored Baal as the god of the giants because the Philistines were genetically large people and they said so they so they went to their place where they felt like they got their supernatural power from and they deployed themselves from this place they're like surely nobody can defeat us because we're deployed ourselves from the place where our gods where we honor our gods Baal the false gods and but David he went to his stronghold too and the, this next verse is key it's vital it's how you have faith how do you have faith this next key I want you to underline it in your Bible I want you to highlight it I want you to write it in your journal if you don't have anything to write with write it on the back of one of the offering envelopes or one of the connection cards write it on the palm of your hand never forget this this is the key so David inquired of the Lord he inquired of the Lord I mean that's a good plan when you face a problem in life when you face a temptation a financial hardship a physical ailment, a strained marriage, a crazy kid, fill in the blank, a neighbor whose dog won't shut up, <laughs> just fill in the, whatever it is, what do you do? Do you take matters into your own hands? Oh, I know how to fix this. I wouldn't recommend that. I would do what David did. He inquired of the Lord. Now, David was a man of war. He knew how to fight, but yet he still went inside the tabernacle and he prayed. And this is what he said, shall I go up against the Philistines? 
Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord answered and said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So when he heard God's instruction, faith came to his heart. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. Everybody say there. Why there? He defeated them in the place where they felt like they had the most strength. I was praying with some folks in here yesterday morning. We have Saturday morning prayer almost every Saturday. And we'll have it this coming Saturday if you want to join us. And at 9 o'clock. And as we were praying, the Holy Spirit so something came up out of my spirit as I was praying. And I wrote it down in my journal. And I wrote down the phrase, Haman's gallows. Haman's gallows. And if you know the story, and I won't take time to go into it, but Haman was trying to um, unrighteously and unjustly have an innocent man lynched. He was a godly person, and he was trying to use his influence to have this person murdered. And as the story went, God turned the tables, and the same gallows that this bad guy built to have a, a godly man hung on, he ended up being hung on his own gallows. So I believe one thing that God's saying to us in this season is the thing that the enemy has constructed against you, God's saying, I'm going to turn it and I'm going to put it and make it a weapon in your hand to use against the enemy. So if you're struggling financially today, just rejoice and be glad because God's going to make you a financial threat in the kingdom of dark, to the kingdom of darkness. He's going to bless you to be a blessing. If you're struggling in your health today, not only is your healing come, but he's going to put healing in your hands and allow and anoint you to take health and healing to other folk that need it as well. He's going to use the thing that the enemy has fashioned against you, and he's going to put it in your hand to be a weapon against the enemy. I don't have time to preach that sermon, but it's a good one. But David defeated them there on their own home turf. They had the home field advantage. And David came and there, came right into the Superdome and beat them. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but I was upset about the Saints losing. I was. I was bothered by it. it bothered me for days. Because I thought that, you know, this is the year of breakthrough. And I thought God was going to use the New Orleans Saints as a sign and a wonder that the Saints have broken through and won the Super Bowl. I did. I was, I'm serious. I was disappointed. And so I, was, I actually prayed about it. I said, Lord, I'm upset because the saints got robbed. And that just doesn't sound right prophetically. The saints got robbed. I don't want the saints getting robbed. <laughs> and this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, I've always got a ram in the thicket. <laughs> All right. That's free of charge today. <laughs> so... This is, he defeated them there, and David said this. He said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. What's a breakthrough of water like? Well, God brought deliverance. You know, you would see a dried up creek bed or a dried up river bed, and you would think, well, if there was going to be a flash flood, this is where the water's coming, and that's true. But this is what happened. David said, God broke through like water. In other words, he brought breakthrough. He brought victory from an unexpected direction. I didn't even see a riverbed, a creek bed. It's just all of a sudden abundance, provision, and victory showed up from somewhere I wasn't expecting it. You know, the usual ways that God brings my supply, the usual ways God brings my healing, the usual vehicles that God uses to bring in what I need, it didn't come from any of those. God broke through. 
He came from a different direction. How I many know sometimes the blessings that God sneak up from behind you and they get you? The Bible says it this way that the blessing of the Lord will overtake you. Amen. Somebody say, I'm getting overtook. I know that's not good English, but it's. So God brought deliverance from an unusual source. God's going to do something you've never seen. How many ready for that? Surprise me, Jesus. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man. What he has prepared for those who love him. Does anybody love the Lord today? Uh, and let me just, uh, th- this is, the Holy Spirit's tugging me to say this. This is not my nose, and I just have to obey this. But uh, when I said that, some of you are like, man, I, I hope I do. I don't know if I do or not. Man, I, listen, you don't have to be perfect to be perfectly his. And you don't have to have perfect behavior to have a perfect heart. We're all uniquely, you know, I'll tell you what we have in common, is we're all uniquely screwed up in our own special way. We're all working it out. Work out your salvation with the fear and trembling. If you'll just keep being honest with the Lord, he'll keep working on you, keep working through you. So, you, yes, you do love the Lord. I didn't say you were perfect. No perfect people allowed. That's what's on the side of the building over there. There's only one perfect man, and his name is Jesus, and he's the one who let us all in today. So, no, you might not be perfect, but you can still have a perfect heart. So, yes, you do love the Lord. And so God's got some stuff prepared for you. And every time I read my notes over the last couple of days, I kept hearing Miss Cheryl sing that song, I hasn't seen. If I'm in a bad key, you can fix it. Would you stand up? Mm. <laughs> I hasn't seen. What's the beat, Caleb? Is that the right beat? Where's Caleb? I hasn't seen. Okay, you like a lower? You want a microphone? Come on. And Eve hasn't heard. Where's the choir at? The kind of blessing. The kind of blessing, blessing that's about mm-hmm. to fall on me. It's about me. to fall on you now. Come on. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I'll be the Victory drummer. is here. Is here right now. Hallelujah. Kick defeat out the door. Kick it out the door. God's doing a new thing. Mm. Come on, somebody. Get ready for overflow. All right, choir. Hallelujah. Come on, choir. I'm getting ready to see, hallelujah, something I've never, never seen. seen. Oh, I'm be direct I'm choir. getting ready, ready to see, yeah, 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 something mm-hmm. I've never seen. Something you never hallelujah. seen. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I've never, never seen. seen. Getting ready for overflow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Somebody say overflow. That's pretty good, choir. Good job. Thank you, Miss Cheryl. We did that in the first service spontaneously. I said, that was so good. Let's do it again. That was so good. I think you should let me pick the key, though. I don't know. Because we can't sing in your key. <laughs> So, something you've never seen, God's getting ready to do it, and it's going to be good. Therefore, David called the name of that place Baal Perazim, and they left their images of their false gods there, and David and his men carried them away, and they burned them. So, the very thing 
The very enemy that was set up against you, there's not even going to be a trace of it left by the time this breakthrough is over. And if you read this, it almost sounds like that David named the place that Baal broke through. Baal Perizim. Baal breakthrough. But in the Hebrew, and not that I'm a, a, a Hebrew expert. I used, used to know a little homebrew, but that was before I knew Jesus. But anyway... The word actually means that Baal got broken through. Jesus is breaking through your enemies. Breaking them down where they can never bother you again. Breaking down debt and poverty. Breaking down depression. Breaking down illness. Breaking down racism. Breaking down things that the enemy has used for too long. And God's going to put them in our hands to use as weapons against him. The enemy broken through. Exceeding abundantly, far above. But here's the key verse. It's verse 19. David inquired of the Lord. Romans 10 says, faith comes. You know how faith comes, right? Faith comes by how? Hearing. Hearing, hearing what? The word of God. In other words, faith comes by listening to what God has to say about the situation. So when you have a situation, and I know you do, because you're human, when you have a situation, and if you don't, you're going to have one. It's just part of the human experience. What do you do? You do what David did, inquire of the Lord. Because when he talks to you about your situation, all the faith you're ever going to need, all the faith in the world, all the faith in heaven is going to fill your heart, and you're going to have faith to do what you need to do regarding that situation. The only way faith comes is by listening to what God has to say. What's the number one way to hear from God? Read your Bible. Yes, there's other ways to hear, but none of those other ways will ever contradict what the Bible has already said because God has spoken in his written word. Jesus is the word of God. You need to hear what Jesus has to say about your situation. So seek God. Faith comes by hearing. David didn't say, how do I go to war? Because he knew how to go to war. He was a warrior. He had killed the lion and the bear with his bare hands, the, the, the giant. He had taken on enemy troops. He knew how to fight. But his question wasn't, how do I go fight? His question was, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then he went and did it. So here's your practical application today. You ready? Get your Bible. Go into a room. Shut the door. And don't come out until you hear from God. We're going to do a series later in the year about about the amazingness of your Bible and how to read your Bible. And actually, you don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. But we're going to talk about all that in a series later on in the year. It's going to be called BYOB. We're going to get all up in your Bible. So we're going to party Bible style, right? The importance of Scripture in our life. So take your Bible and hear from God and then write down what God says to you, Right? They're not leaving because they're offended at my sermon title. That's the worship team. They're getting ready to come back on stage in a minute. But can you imagine what happened to the soldiers when David would go into the tabernacle and pray? And the young soldiers would be like, the enemy's coming. And David would be like, oh, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to go pray. And they're like, no, 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 it's too late to pray. I told you they're coming. And the old soldiers would be like, hey, son, it's okay. Just, he does this all the time. It'll be all right. So he heard from God. He said that... The, God said, let's take them on. Let's go get them. And the old soldiers like, oh, it's going to be good. And the young soldiers, they went and they fought. But then something else happened. After David defeated the Philistines, they came back again. I know sometimes the devil attacks more than once. 
Can I get a witness? And this is what happened, because here's step number two. Step number two is once you hear from God, it brings faith. You've got to have faith. Step number two is obey. Do what he said to do. Let me give you an example here. James 2 says that faith without works is dead. So it's great to hear from God and know what to do, but then you've got to apply it, right? Everybody say, just do it. Right? You've got to apply the Nike principle. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22 says, Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of the giants. And therefore, verse 23, we see a pattern here. David inquired of the Lord. Now, a lot of us, we might go to God in prayer the first time, but when the devil comes back again, when the enemy comes back again, or when the situation comes up again, we're like, oh, I know how to handle this. I prayed about it one time, and this is what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to do that again. And we say, I'm strong in God. I can do all things through Christ. And we start fighting with the devil, but we didn't take time to inquire of the Lord because the Lord had a totally different plan this time. And David would have missed it had he not gone into the tent and said, I'll be right back, boys. The young soldier's like, no, 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 David, you already prayed about this one time. It's the same enemy. Let's just go do what God said to do last time. He said, no, I'm going to go inquire of the Lord. And he came out, and he goes, all right, I got a plan. And the old soldier's like, all right, David, what's the plan? What's the plan, boss? He said, all right, you see those mulberry trees at the end of the field? Uh We're going to circle around those mulberry trees. And when we hear the sound of people walking in the tops of the trees, then we're going to attack and the old soldiers are like, oh, that's going to be good. we never done it like that before. That's going to be good. And the young soldiers are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. People walking in the tops of the church. How many times have Dave been hitting the head in battle? I don't sound right. I mean, wait, hold on, David. I'm, what, is it, what's in his canteen? What's he been drinking? Sometimes the instruction that the Lord gives you may not make logical sense. Right? Start a business now in this economy? I mean, the, the market's taking a turn. And how many know that the Lord knows? He knows the strategy, right? Uh, I, I know of a, of a man who he was having such severe heart trouble and heart pain. He thought he was going to die of a heart attack. And he prayed about it. Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, stop drinking coffee. I mean, that had to be God to say that. I mean... <laughs> And so he quit drinking coffee, and he, all the pain went away, and he lived on into his 80s, and God used him mightily for decades. you got to know what God is saying to you, and it will never contradict the Bible. Right? It might not make sense to somebody else. What do you mean, bless those who curse me? That doesn't make sense. What do you mean, pray for those who use me? You know what they did? doesn't make sense. What do you mean, honor, honor God with 10% of my income? I don't care what you call it, tithing. I call it writhing in pain. I can barely pay my bills now. It makes no sense to give God 10% of my money. Are you crazy? Yep, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees, they had to hit a very specific, very specific word from God. And guess what? It worked. The Lord said, you shall not go up and circle, you shall go up and circle around behind them. Come in front of them in the mulberry trees. And when, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees. Everybody say, when. Then you shall advance quickly. Everybody say, then. So when you hear what God says, that's then. That's your then. And David did as the Lord commanded, and he drove back the Philistines. Made no sense. But when you hear from God, 
it might not make sense to everybody else. But that's why it takes faith. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the storms come, it's not shaken, it's not destroyed. Why? You hear what Jesus says and then you do it. You want to be wise? Hear what Jesus says and then do it. I know it doesn't make sense. I know they hurt your feelings or they gossiped about you, but you're going to do what Jesus said. You're going to bless them. You're going to forgive them. You're going to do good to those who use you. Doesn't make sense. You're going to honor God with your substance. You're going to wait till you're married to have sex. You're going to do what the Bible says. Why? Because there's a blessing of the Lord. Victory, breakthrough is in doing the word of God. And if you have a specific situation and you don't know what to do, do what David did. Inquire of the Lord. Why? Because inquiring minds want to know. And he wants to tell you. Can I just say this to you? It is not hard to hear from God. Yeah, but I've never heard from God. That doesn't mean that it's hard. It's not hard. Trust me. If I can do it, you can do it. I don't have time to stand up here and tell you how unqualified I am even to have this job, to be your pastor. But God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And you can hear from God. It is not hard. It is not hard. All right. So Hebrews chapter 6 says this, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. What's a dead work? You doing something God didn't tell you to do. You repent from doing that, and you have faith in God. How do you have faith in God? You do what he told you to do. So, don't be out thinking God either, by the way. And I'll start closing with this. What do you mean, out thinking God? Don't, don't be telling God why he can't bless you. <laughs> Listen, you need, to, you need to advocate for yourself. Uh, I need to lose weight before I can, or I need to shore up my character, or I need to get my degree before I, no, 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 no. Listen, God says I'm doing a new thing. Don't tell God why he can't bless you. God's looking for an excuse to bless you. The response of the receiver has a huge impact on the heart of the giver. I don't know if you knew this or not, but your thankfulness, your grateful attitude impacts God. He likes that. My dad's in town. He's visiting us from from, uh, Brandon, Mississippi, and he's staying with us over the weekend, going to watch the game with us tonight. And we cooked a meal last night. And he was so thankful. He's like, man, this is a good meal. And it made me just want to keep putting food on his plate. (laughs) But you know that when you're that way with the Lord, he just wants to keep putting food on your plate. That, oh, Lord, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. He's like, oh, you you like that? You want some more? (laughs) Right? People appreciate thankful people. God appreciates thankful people. Somebody say, thank you. So whenever your blessing, whenever God surprises you with some stuff soon, everybody say soon, just act like you are out of your mind. Thank you, Jesus. Just get charismatic with it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you. That's so good, Lord. I appreciate it. The Lord's like, you want some more of that? I got some more health. I got some more 
debt reduction for you. I got some more good relationships for you. I got some more joy unspeakable full of Thank you, Lord. You want some more of that? Yes, yes, please, Lord. I'll take some more of that. That's good stuff, Lord. A good life, abundant life. Because thankfulness attracts abundance into our life. And abundance isn't stuff. It's a person. His name is Jesus. He is life. He is the bread of life. And we're not talking about, you know, luck. We're talking about favor here. Can I just prophesy to you for a second? No more delays to your dreams. The favor of God is working on your behalf. You've waited patiently, and I commend you for that, but you've waited long enough. God wants to use your life for his great name. He wants you to be a surrogate for his glory. He wants people to look at your life and go, man, God is good, isn't he? Somebody say, I'll take that. Isaiah 43, 18. This will be our last verse. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things. Well, that's a good word right there. Say, well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. Well, let's just forget it. Or even if it's good, a good past. You know, many of you are so hung up on how good, the good old days that you're forfeiting the best that's yet to come. God wants to do something better. I don't care how good it was. That was for somebody. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. It's going to happen. It's going to be a breakthrough. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Can I just tell you that the shift is on? God is shifting gears. You've been revving your engine, and now it's time to catch a new gear, go to another level. You have an opponent. We all acknowledge that, but the fight is not fair. The fight has been fixed. And let me just say, you didn't lose yet. I feel defeated. I, I don't feel like I've succeeded. You haven't lost because your job is to not quit. That's your job. His job is to make all things work together for good for those who love him. So you just do your job and keep on keeping on. After you've done all to stand, stand. Don't, it's always too soon to quit. If you don't quit, you won't lose. So it doesn't mean that, that you've lost. It just means that God's not done yet. He that began a good work in you is faithful to what? Complete it. So if it's not complete yet, that means the story's not over. Man, this is good preaching. So what's your job? Have faith and obey. Don't quit. Hear from God, have faith, then do what he said, and then don't quit. That's how you have a breakthrough. That's how you do it. So I got a word for you. You ready? The war, I know you've been in a battle. I know you feel like this, is the, this has been this way for so long, I can't even imagine life any other way. I'm here to tell you today that the war is over. Dead dreams. I speak to dead dreams today. We command you to come forth. Rise from the dead. Jesus is saying like he said to the lame man, Wilt thou be made whole? It's a time of acceleration. Things that used to take 10 years are going to take a year. Things that used to take a year, God's going to do it in a day. Accelerate. Accelerate. Heaven's in a hurry. There's souls that need to be saved. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
Would you join me in expecting greater things from God than you've ever experienced before? Would you join me in fully submitting your whole life to Him? Not just part of it. Spiritually, would you submit to Him? Emotionally, would you submit to Him? Would you submit your thoughts to Him? Change your thoughts, you change your life. Would you submit your relationships to Him? You change your friends, you change your life. Would you submit your finances to Him? He wants to do for you so much more than you've ever dared dream or imagine. you got to trust Him. Lay it at His feet. Stop trying to do it yourself. Lay your weapons down. The war is over. He's already won the battle for you. you got to enjoy the victory. Amen. Would you bow your heads today with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you for your goodness. And I pray for those that have never fully submitted their life to Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now you would draw them by your goodness. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I don't mean you prayed some prayer once upon a time. There's nothing magical about saying the sinner's prayer. What's hap- the, the, the change happens when you submit your life to Christ and the spirit of change comes in and things are different because you're different. You're brand new. If you've never been made brand new, if you've never submitted your life to Christ, I want to lead you in the prayer of salvation today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to shine a light on you or anything like that. But if you would say, Pastor, please include me in this prayer of salvation. Wherever you are, whether you're watching us online in the family venue or in this room, if you're here today, would you just raise your hand right where you are and say, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come on. Hands everywhere. God bless you. I see you, man. God bless you. There's two. Anybody else? God bless you. Three, four, five, six, seven. God bless you. Anybody else want to join us? God bless you. Eight. If you raise your hand or should have raised your hand, come on, pray with me right now. If you're watching us online, if you're in the family venue, come on, mean it when you say it. We're all going to pray with you because you're not alone anymore. You're joining the family. I'm not talking about joining this, this church or getting religion. I'm talking about you're coming into the family of God. Let's all say it together right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of my sin. Would you forgive me? I believe in my heart Jesus died in my place. But on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I am yours. You are mine. You are my Lord. From this day forward, I may not be perfect, but I am perfectly yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, would you give those seven folks a great big old hand today? Yeah, that's what it's all about. We believe if you prayed that prayer, you were born again.